Welcome to episode 174 of Crack the Customer Code. Is this podcast real or just a figment of your augmented reality? Today, we're diving into the topics of augmented reality, artificial intelligence, and how these new realities will be part of our lives and businesses in the near future. And we're so fortunate to be discussing these things with one of the most knowledgeable people on these subjects today, Robert Scoble. He literally spent this past year, 2016, working with the virtual reality ecosystem. I think it's ecosystem or ecosystem. How do you do that? <laughs> what do you do, Jenny? I always say eco. All right. Hey, we're aligned. I like that. Okay. But <laughs> so he was working in the ecosystem as the entrepreneur in residence at a company called Upload VR. So, you know, today's interview is fantastic because we were able to tap into some of that experience and wisdom. It's absolutely fascinating to think about the opportunities. And I thought it was really interesting, too, because he talks about kind of the timeline of technology and these transformations that we've already gone through. So we discuss going through transformations one through three and why now he's identified as the time of the fourth transformation. And so it's exciting to think about what's next, but it's also kind of fascinating to look back because we all lived through this stuff. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Fascinating, depressing, however you want to look at it. Uh, (laughs) Since you and I did live through all three of the previous transformations. It's true. It's true. I wish we were on the fifth and he would have made like the first one, like punch cards on like, you know, the big, the big things like in the fifties. That way we would have not been alive for all of them. Not only alive, but actively engaged in them. But, you know, I, I've told you, I, I used to visit my dad at his office and use the punch card machine to write stories because oh, <laughs> they still had a big punch card <laughs> machine in the office. <laughs> oh, I remember the old Apple. So you uh, like I learned spreadsheets when I was like 10 and mm-hmm. um, you had to like swap out the floppies depending on literally the function you wanted to use. So for certain operations, yep. you had to actually swap out the floppy disk. <laughs> And we say floppy disk, and there's a whole group that has no idea what we're talking about. So. Well, so back when we used to take our dinosaurs to work, kids. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I had the worst job ever. Like It was a good job, but I had the worst uh, period of job. And during this, uh, I had an entire box, if you remember, these, like, the five and a quarter, the really big ones. Oh, yeah. And my entire job, this was like a summer freshman year of college, was, I mean, this box was like waist high. I had to format all the floppy drives. Oh, my goodness, was, because you couldn't just take them out of the box and use them. You had to format them. It was, I mean, so literally this huge box, I just sat there sticking it in, letting that format go click, click, <laughs> click, click. I, I was drinking like, I had to come off of caffeine after that. I was like drinking 10 or 12 cups a day. It was <laughs> Oh, my gosh. So enough about the dark ages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the future because there's so much opportunity out there. And I think you know, Scoble's really been in the midst of it. He's been entrenched in it more than I think most people. So this is a fascinating conversation. I'm ready to share it. How about you? All right, let's do it. Let's hear a little bit about Robert. As entrepreneur in residence at Upload VR, Scoble travels the world looking for what's happening on the bleeding edge of technology. He spent 2016 working with the virtual reality ecosystem to figure out what media and conference businesses Upload needs to build next. He also assists startups in the Upload Collective, which is a co-working space, in their efforts to get to market. He's interviewed thousands of executives and technology innovators and reports what he learns in books, including The Age of Context, a book co-authored with Forbes author and Crack the Customer Code former guest, I might add, Shell Israel. We love Shell. Yes. 
He has, he has been a technology blogger since 2000, was one of five people who built Microsoft's Channel 9 video blog community, worked at Fast Company Magazine running its TV efforts, and has been part of technology media businesses since 1993. Robert, how are you? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. Well, we oh, are so happy to have you. Yes, we're, we're thrilled that you could be with us today. Thanks for being here. No, uh, thanks for having me on. It, we're preparing for the Consumer Electronics Show, and a lot of new products are coming. So it's, yeah, it's going to be a fun time. Yeah, yeah. I, I can only imagine some of the things you'll see there. And, well, I'll have to follow you. I'm sure you'll be documenting some of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it, it's, it's clear that the world is going toward augmented reality or mixed reality, like mm-hmm. the Microsoft HoloLens. And uh, so this book is perfectly timed. Couldn't be timed better. Well, that's awesome. And I have really been enjoying reading it so far. And uh, one of the things that I thought I think is interesting from the get go is the title. It's the fourth transformation. And so I'm wondering, can you kind of fill us in what it what were the first three and how did you get to this fourth one? Yeah, so it's the fourth one in my life. I, you know, I got into computing, personal computing, in 1977 with an Apple II, and that brought the first uh, transformation off of mainframes. Right, it brought a new user interface and a, um, and it brought a personal computer, which back then you controlled with a command line uh, prompt, right, and you would write uh, commands. Uh, to the computer and and that was it (laughs) (laughs) right yeah (laughs) and um and back then we had dos or window or uh, dos this was before windows this was uh, dos or apple ii's uh os um amongst others and that led us to uh, the macintosh in 84 right the the gui and that was the second transformation that uh, brought us uh, menus and dragging and dropping with a mouse and what you see is what you get, user interfaces. And every time we switch uh, user interfaces, big companies go away, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Borland and WordPerfect were big and dramatic companies in the, in the tech industry back then, and they bet on the old user interface and bet against the new one, and they uh, went away pretty quickly. And the, the third one, the third transformation was when we went to mobile and particularly touch like the iPhone was really a huge transformation and that <clears throat> that meant Nokia and Blackberry really went away I mean they're here as companies but they're not important anymore like they were and they certainly aren't important to the mobile world and this next transformation is going to bring a user interface that's laid on top of the real world um, and it's quite mind-blowing you're getting tastes of it in virtual reality and in um uh, the Microsoft HoloLens product, amongst other augmented reality products that are um, mostly for enterprise-style uh, working right now. But the thing about the tech industry is it continues to make things smaller and cheaper. And if you draw that trend line out, it in the next two to three years, you're going to see a whole raft of new glasses that are going to put virtual things on top of the world. And, and um, it's going to be quite expe- exciting. This year, though, we're going to get an a series of phones that are going to do this kind of stuff. Uh, Google and Lenovo already shipped a uh, a Fab 2 phone with a Tango sensor, a 3D sensor in it. Mm. And that's enabling a new kind of augmented reality where you can aim your phone at a table and then there'll be a game on the table or something like that, a virtualized game. And uh, that's going to bring 
uh, a whole raft of new capabilities and, and new uh, products, and in particular, a new user interface, which means somebody probably is going away in the next three years, and uh, we don't know who it is. <laughs> 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 and that's what makes it interesting, right? There, mm-hmm. There's... Uh, Tens of billions of dollars being invested in this next product, this next user interface, if not hundreds of billions. And that kind of investment is happening right now because these companies know that they could go away and and or be rewarded with uh, uh, huge new market shares and brands, right? I was really yeah. hoping you could tell us which one. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I knew. (laughs) I wish I knew. I mean... You know, you look at uh, Google's investing in this. They just bought a company that does eye sensors, which are really important to this glass, uh, to this uh, mixed reality kind of thing. Microsoft has HoloLens 1 already on the market. You can buy it for $3,000. It's just big and heavy, and it's and and it just doesn't do all that much yet. It, what it does is really mind-blowing. I have a game on mine uh, where aliens dig through my walls and you have to shoot them with your fingers, you know, oh <laughs> while they're coming towards you. So, which shows you the power, the consumer power of this stuff is it's quite mind blowing. It's just, it's too big and it's too early and, uh, you know, and the thing hasn't just gelled yet um, to where a consumer can afford it. But, but that's coming. It's coming in the next three years. So. Wow, it's going to be a fun well, fun time in the industry to watch all these uh, new products and cloak and you know look at um, Magic Leap got one point four billion dollars of investment and whether it actually makes it or not, uh, that shows that investors are really hot and bothered by this new category, and that t- tends to uh, show up as product and companies. So yeah. It's just amazing well, yeah, to think about how far we've come. It really is in that yeah. description from Apple to E to now. Your introduction was a little bit depressing for me because I've been around for each one of the transformations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the old the old gray beards in the in the room know what this means and and know when it, when the industry reconfigures like this um, that that it's going to bring a, a lot of new capabilities that we that most people don't expect. I mean, if you have a VR system in your house right now, like an HTC Vive or an Oculus Rift, I'm sorry, Oculus Rift or a Sony PlayStation VR, um, you're not just uh, the lucky one on the block for Christmas because all the kids will come over to your house and play like they do at my house. (laughs) (laughs) But it also gives you a taste of what's coming and how absolutely stunningly cool it is and how social it is, right? Uh, I play frisbee with other people. I shoot other people. I play basketball <laughs> in VR. Uh, we can climb mountains now with a game called The Climb. You can shoot red zombies with uh, Super Hot. Uh, all sorts of interesting new capabilities have, have come along in VR. But VR uh, right now, for to do real VR like that, you need a you need a space, which not everybody has uh, in their homes to play this kind of stuff. And you need um, uh, an $800 uh, headset from Oculus or HTC, uh, which come with controllers in your hands. Um, and probably some box. I'm sitting in one of the r- rooms here at Upload VR, which is a media company that covers this space. And we have four VR bays. And the, uh, up on the sides of the walls are these little boxes um, that come from HTC that make it a virtual play space. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's way too nerdy, way too expensive. Uh, and and even when you get there, it, it, it just needs another round of uh, software 
um, to come along. Now, uh, half a billion dollars has been invested in uh, startups in the last year um, in VR. So you can tell the investors are really hot and bothered by this space because they know that it will show up eventually and they know it's a very, very compelling. But we're, anyways, that's a lot of words to say. If you have VR, you have a little clue of what of how cool this stuff is that's coming. Uh, and it lets you learn along with the industry because the industry is going is uh, using VR to to build the software teams and the expertise and the brands that will eventually come out in mixed reality toward the end of next year. Um, and mixed reality, by the way, uh, Tim Cook, by the way, has been talking uh, endlessly about augmented reality. If you do a search for Tim Cook and AR, Tim Cook and augmented reality, you'll see all his quotes. He's been telling the world that augmented reality is far more important than than virtual reality. Uh, but what he really doesn't tell you is when you get augmented reality, you also get VR. And so uh, the next phone is going to do really cool VR as well as, a, as well as AR or this next generation AR that we call mixed reality. And uh, it's going to be off to the races then. It's going to be a lot nice. of fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's a perfect segue, actually, because, you know, in the, I'll tell you a little bit about my story in the last month. So I'm, I'm on Mac. Everything's um, Apple products right now in my, in my universe. Uh, and I wanted to just dip my toe in the water. And so I had a birthday like a couple months ago or this month or whatever. And I, I was out there looking for how I can get into VR and being an Apple person, it was like, I would have to buy an entirely new PC that is souped yep. up right beyond belief and, yep. and the cost of the, uh, you know, the glasses or whatever they're called now. <laughs> and so it was exciting to read in your book about Apple and how, you know, I just thought they were being lame, but they're actually being very strategic and taking their time yeah. and going to hopefully come out bigger and better and all that. So one, yeah, the next, the next product by that Apple is thinking of has been worked on for seven years. They patented the uh, idea in 2011 uh, to have a 3d sensor on a phone that would do augmented reality. And so that shows you that it goes back way, you know, because patents take time to write and, and you know, uh, uh, come up with. I think it came from a conversation that Steve Jobs and Tim Cook had about the future of television. And that's that's how important it is to Apple. It's It's been that long. This is a major product coming. Um, and they have 600 engineers working on just the 3D sensor in uh, Israel at PrimeSense, a company, one of the at least 13 companies that uh, Tim Cook has bought in recent years to, to make this next iPhone. So wow. I, I know what's coming and I have a taste of it because I have a HoloLens and I still expect to be blown away by what's coming. Uh, and, uh, well, you know, sorry, just, the, just the investments in, in what's coming uh, should lead to mind blowing artificial intelligence where it would recognize what's in your room and be able to put virtual stuff on top of it. That's that's that alone is going to be mind blowing to most people because they just don't, unless you've had your hand or your face in a HoloLens or played a lot of VR and really understand what's going on. It, it's going to be mind blowing to you. Wow. And you know, what's interesting. So let's go, let's segue from the people who are making the businesses that are making the technology to the businesses that will use the technology. Cause I know yeah. your book is about the business decision makers. What yep. should these businesses be looking at right now? How should they be approaching the, 
you know, sort of well, adolescence of this technology and the cost versus the what's coming next? I think Sephora, the big cosmetic re- retailer, is actually showing us the way here. Um, they have an R&D lab in San Francisco where they, they have a full store, so you can walk in a fake uh, Sephora and they can walk you around and and do R&D projects on it. And Sephora is using already augmented reality on your phone. So, you know, you know a lot of companies are using augmented reality on the phone. Snapchat, for instance, when you aim it at your face and do a barfing rainbows or something like that, that's augmented reality, right? And Sephora has augmented reality built into their app where you aim it at your face and it shows you virtual um, makeup, uh, you know, lipstick and other th- things. And what's really interesting is they've color matched uh, the product, the virtual product to the physical product. So when you go to the Sephora store and buy the actual makeup, you you can try it at home on your face and see if it looks good first. And that mat- that match of virtual to physical, I think, is how a lot of brands are going to have to approach this. Um, it, you know, my, my uh, I've been doing a lot of consulting lately and, and talking to strategists and owners and business executives. And my advice today is, one, know that it's coming soon. Two, do you want to be on stage with Apple when they announce the next the, this mixed reality or augmented reality iPhone? And three, um, what is it going to take to get you there? And you know, there are a few companies who who have gotten there. Uh, uh, Marriott told me that they're work that they have a series of VR labs already, and that that they're investing in this stuff. Uh, partly just to learn about it, but partly partly to start thinking about what it might mean to travel when when these things come along and and how to take advantage of it right um so you know if you don't have vr today you're uh you're out you're not going to be ready and you know that if you bought an htc vive or an oculus rift those i believe are the development environments for the next iphone so if you want to get apple's uh uh, attention right now, you should probably be launching like now at CES a new uh, game or a new utility or a new social thing or a new a new experience in virtual reality, and that will get Apple's attention because by March or April, you'll if you're really mind blowing, you'll um, have their attention and and be in play to be on stage with them in September. Now, if you don't care about September, if you care about later, fine. But you know, the earlier you get in and start learning and start building your software team, because uh, you have to learn Unity. Uh, Unity is the development environment that most of these uh, VR and AR things use. And you got to start being in the gestalt of what it means to be in social VR, for instance, or. Uh, you know, you you need it in your house and you need it in your uh, office so that you can play with it with your with your family and friends and watch their reactions because that'll help you. One, sell it internally, explain it internally, uh, you know, and and make things that will add value to your brand when this finally starts kicking over, and um, it's going to come. Uh, you know, you can wait or you can get in now and do it at a comfortable pace, right? Well, and I think you bring up a great point because you you mentioned Sephora and some of these other brands, and Sephora has always yeah. been kind of in front with mobile use in their stores and how people could yep. 
you know, use their loyalty program all these different ways with their mobile phone, both, you know, ordering things via the app, but also in the store kind of scanning things and things like that. So they've always been kind of one step ahead, which I love. But one of the one of the things that I think is interesting that can happen with these things is that the tech is so sexy and exciting and different and new. It's really easy to say everybody needs this, but you know, if you build something that doesn't really serve your customers, then yep. it's not really going to do that. So how do you define the goals reckon, around that is my question. And this, is why I, this is why I recommend uh, playing around right now mm-hmm. because it, it might not, you know, uh, th- these technologies might not be appropriate for every situation in every co- company, and there's limitations on the technology. You need to understand that, and you need, you, but you need to see the potential to be able to have that kind of com- conversation in a boardroom, right? Mm-hmm. Because uh, somebody in your company is going to get hot enough on this stuff soon. Right. Packard, there, there's a company, uh, you know, we have 43 startups here at uh, Upload uh, who are building stuff f- for this industry. And one of the companies is building for uh, Packard, uh, a way to buy a truck in a new way. So mm-hmm. it, it's funny, if you walk in our office with a HoloLens, there's a 18-wheel semi-trailer. In, uh, oh, my gosh. <laughs> a full-size one, too. It's, like, it's the full length of the uh, building if you put on their glasses. It's pretty funny. And you can walk around the truck, right? And you can click on a, a head a headlamp, and a menu will pop off that headlamp, and it'll show you all the options that are available for that headlamp. And and it goes way deep because they took these things into wind tunnels, and they have the models of the airflow over them, so they can tell you how much fuel that headlamp will cost you oh my gosh, <laughs> over amazing. the next five years of paying for the truck right and so you can get a real you know headlamps probably don't change that much but your hood design does change the uh airflow on top of the truck and it they can tell you how much uh, fuel that will cost you, you know? <laughs> so, yeah right and it uh Packard is already using this to sell trucks. They they find it's uh, uh, very successful at doing that. And then they have education uh, programs that they're doing in mixed reality as well. So this stuff is being used in in enterprises already. Disney used vi- uh, virtual reality to build its new uh, theme park in China. Uh, mm-hmm. Ford uses VR to build new cars because building something out of clay models is stupid uh, <laughs> in such a world, right? Yeah. And buying a $3,000 HoloLens for, for that purpose is not a problem because it's going to save you millions of dollars in design. And, and it's going to shorten the, the time it takes to get a car from drawing board out, out to uh, consumers, right? On and on. Uh, we, in the book, we have dozens, hundreds of stories like this uh, about how people are using this stuff today. And we haven't even gotten a consumer-grade glass yet, right? Well, and I think the the first kind of version of uh, exploring and things like that with, with AR and all these things, one of the things that I heard about was how they're using this in um, hospitals and healthcare and, you know, helping yep. people who can't get out of their house kind of experience the world in different ways or oh, all absolutely. these different things. And so I'm wondering the, what examples of kind of the greater This is a good, good example of why you, why you need VR in your, in, in your office. Cause one of the things I'm talking to Marianne about is how do people find travel? Well, in VR, we have Google earth now uh, and Google earth, you can fly around the world 
to like the top of Half Dome in Yosemite or the top of Burj Khalifa in Dubai. And you see the world as, as if you were standing there and, and you can go down the street level and walk around and, and walk around a beach or walk around the city and experience the city you've never been to and sort of get a feel for how cool it is or, you know, all that. So if you're planning conferences or you're, um, uh, doing travel at that level or looking for a place for vacation, using VR is really stunning. So this is going to change how we uh, how we experience the world and how we choose where we want to go in the world with our uh, family vacations, right? Um, yeah, <laughs> and it just starts there, right? <laughs> You know, you're gonna soon. You're gonna walk into a Marriott or something like that, or a Hilton, and you're gonna be wearing glasses, and it's gonna show you stuff when you arrive at the hotel lobby, right? It's gonna show you how to get to your room. There's gonna be a blue line on the floor, taking you up to your room, and that's gonna be the same thing in a shopping mall. We we talked to Westfield Labs, for instance, that owns a lot of the shopping uh, malls in the world, and they have an R and D lab here in San Francisco, and they're building a new augmented ex- augmented reality shopping experiences because they already know where every product is in every mall. <laughs> they, there's a company called Aisle 411 that uh, in grocery stores or malls, they know where the products actually are so they can put a blue line on the floor and take you right to, oh you know, the Levi, Levi 501 ma- male jeans in, in a, a gap, for instance. Mm. Right. Um, and on and on. So this requires companies to rethink themselves, and it requires every company to rethink itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, NFL, for instance, is putting sensors on players and putting sensors around the stadium to watch the players in real time. Well, why? Because you're going to go to a football game with a mixed reality glass on soon, and you're going to see the stats on top of the players. Like, how fast is that guy running with the ball, right? <laughs> and, and if somebody wow. hits... If somebody hits him, how hard was that hit? Did that cause a concussion? Is that a problem for that guy? Uh, or is it just merely uh, knock his breath out, right? <laughs> the NFL may not put that stat, I'm just saying. <laughs> no, they will put that stat because we are interested in that, and that makes the act of going to a football game far more interesting. You know, how hard, hard was that hit? <laughs> you know, it gives fantasy football a whole and new And by the way, they're putting they're, – absolutely it does. I mean, they're putting sensors in the football. Itself, so they're going to know the second it leaves the quarterback's hands whether that pass has a chance of being caught because it'll know exactly where that football's going. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's and, amazing! By the way, who invented this? The Israelis. How does the Iron Dome work? Where the, you know mm-hmm. everybody hates uh, Israel, so they all shoot missiles at Israel. And uh, Israel built a system to watch a missile taking off from Palestine, and it predicts whether it's where it's going land and then decides whether to shoot it down or not because if it's going to land in the desert uh they're not going to spend the half a million dollars it costs to shoot it down Mm -hmm. (laughs) 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 and and if you can do that with a missile and that kind of real-time thing you can do that with a football coming out of a quarterback's hands and you're going to wear a glass soon and be able to see (laughs) all sorts of fun stats at at your football game thanks to israel (laughs) (laughs) thanks to israel (laughs) you know, the 600 engineers working on the 3D sensor are in Israel, and they're there for a reason because uh, the military there trains all sorts of startups on how how to build really mind-blowing new technologies 
And, you know, the kids, all the kids in Israel have to go to the military for three years. They join up with their friends. They do something really crazy. And then they leave and they consumerize that technology. Uh, you know, the, the jet fighter pilots have had this for years already, right? Uh, if you fly an F-35 fighter jet, uh, jet, one of the pilots told me, he will never lose for two reasons. One, he can see you. You can't see him. He can actually look through the plane and see you underneath him. <laughs> and you can't do that because you don't have augmented reality. And two, he can stop and you can't because you have an F-16 and he has an F-35. Um, or she she does when the pilots was female, right? Um, the uh, So this comes out of that, right? This Those used to cost millions of dollars to create. Now the price is coming down because that's what the tech industry does. It reduces cost and makes things smaller. And that's exactly why we're getting getting it in the next, you know, 24 months. Wow. It's just, there's so much happening on so many fronts. And it's great that your book really actually, you know, just encapsulated a lot. And a lot, it's, it's hard to listen to you and not be excited about all this because it's so, so amazing. There's so much potential, but I did, and this, and this question may take a little preamble, so forgive me in advance, but I do want to talk about one of the chapters that really struck me in the book because you and Shell seem to have, I guess what I'd call a publicly introspective moment about some of the potential downsides that this, this technology really is yeah. a, a whole, you know, we've been concerned with privacy for a while now, but this technology yeah, privacy, is a whole, it's a whole other it's level. Privacy is going to be a whole nother level in this thing because you're wearing a 3D sensor that from three feet away, it can see your heart beating and it can tell how hard you're pressing on things. And, and it's building a map of, of your house and your wherever you go, right? It's actually building a 3D map of that. That's how it has to work uh, to, to, to make aliens come out of your walls, right? And you right. know what your house looks like, right? <laughs> it's got to know where the aliens And so from. that's a... A new privacy uh, level of thing. Plus, you know, these things are going to have great microphones on them, just like a phone does. Uh, and you're seeing the advancements in artificial intelligence happening where it's going to listen and do stuff. You know, all the coolest products are doing uh, uh, things, things like listening to you, right? You get an Amazon Echo. When you say, Alexa, um, can you buy me some toilet paper? And it talks to you, and it's it's there. And Siri works the same way. I, I better not say, say Siri too much, otherwise it might shut off this phone call. <laughs> <laughs> but if you say, Siri, you know, hey, Siri, it's listening to you, and it does stuff for you. And um, um, that's going to be true in the glasses as well. And so we're, we're going to have a whole privacy. You know, We can talk for an hour about privacy and what's going to happen in here. Um, there's other downsides too. You know, these are going to be highly addictive devices, so there might be a problem there. There, you see a thousand people running across a park using a, a Pokemon on a phone. Well, imagine when Pokemon actually looks real and, and it's on the ground, <laughs> and, and and you're wearing mixed reality glasses. <laughs> you know, you're gonna have to take them off quite a bit just to make sure you're not being controlled by something or someone, and and that you you actually are. Uh, in enough in reality but with these glasses you're actually looking through the virtual to the reality to the real world so that i don't know it, yeah. it we have a whole chapter on the downsides of the of, of potential downsides of these things and uh, privacy certainly is probably the biggest thing on people's minds well i think it's important that i, I was really happy to see that you address it because uh, you know there is a yeah. lot of sort of 
just oh you know tech tech is always good and not looking at the downsides. I thought I thought it was really important that you did because this is another level. Well, speaking of tech, because we're talking about all these high tech advancements. Well, our old technology of Skype, we have apparently lost Genie. So I'm going to wrap up the show with just you and me. That's uh, fine. So, I got to get going to my next podcast. Yeah, so, anyway, well, it's been absolutely fantastic talking with you, Robert. Really appreciate it. Thanks. And I, I, this is always a loaded question for somebody like you who's everywhere, but uh, is there anywhere in particular you'd like people to, or listeners to be able to find you, connect with you, all of that? I, the the best place is Facebook because that's where the world is. And and uh, there's a lot of groups on VR and AR and sensors and stuff like that. And I share the, the best stuff that I learn and, and I share the best stuff that I'm seeing at because of my role at Upload VR. Um, yeah, that's the best place to go. And okay. from there, you can see us on podcasts and uh, websites and other places. All right. Well, we'll make sure to link that Facebook uh, page in our show notes. And once again, thank you so much. It's been truly informative and good luck with the book and good luck with CES. Yeah. The book is available on amazon.com right now in audible, Kindle and paper. And we'll get those links in the show notes as well. So it's the fourth transformation and Robert Scoble. Thanks so much, Robert. Thank you so much. Mixed reality and virtual reality. This is so exciting to hear about. I just loved this conversation we had. I did too, but my reality feels very mixed right now. Why is that? And I don't know what to do about it. <laughs> uh oh. How does one unmix their realities? Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I think I shared there's a Woody Allen quote back in the day. Uh, he said, uh, Co- Coquette hated reality, but realized it was the only place to get a good steak. <laughs> That's a good one. He's got a lot of them. He's got a lot of those quotes. He, d- he does have some good witticisms. But no, this was a fantastic episode. And I just sort of my brain's going here with all the ways this technology could have a positive impact on businesses and all, and all the opportunity that's ahead of us right now. Mm-hmm. Well, and just thinking through how it could be used for education and healthcare and, you know, reuniting people. It's it's really exciting. And I think we're just at the tip of the iceberg. So Listen to this and then think about the future and just get excited. That's my takeaway. (laughs) Ah, okay. Well, the reality is it's time to go. So let's do it. (laughs) Well, we hope you had great takeaways too. If you did, please let us know by tweeting us. Thanks so much for listening to Crack the Customer Code. We appreciate you spending your valuable time with us. I'm Jeannie Walters, and you can learn more about me and our customer experience investigation consulting at 360connects.com. And I'm Adam Tapork, and you can learn more about me and our customer service workshops and training at customersatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.